Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. If you have your Bible tonight, we're going to squeeze one more lesson out of Luke 15 as we keep talking about what it means to go for the one, that this is the heart of God for all of us. And, uh, and I believe that this, this story is so loaded that I could probably spend a few more weeks on it. You will probably get bored. But I think there's one more message, at least, in this thing that we need to explore. And I want to title tonight's message, Homesick. Homesick. And I want to read the first uh, seven chapters of the story, which starts in verse 11. Not chapters, but verses. If you read seven chapters, man, you'd really be bored. Uh, but here's what the Bible says to illustrate the point further. Remember, Jesus is illustrating the reckless love of God. Jesus told him the story. A man had two sons. Last week, we talked about the older son. Today, we're going to zero in on the younger son. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your state now before you die. Remember, that's a disrespect. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. There he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the higher servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home. That's a great line. To my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a higher servant. We're going to stop there. There's no place like home. I don't know about you guys, but I am a homebody. Matter of fact, right now, I'm excited to go home. That's, that's how much I love home. As I'm preaching, I'm, I'm excited to go home and put on my sweatpants and watch my warriors come back um, tonight. You can pray for your Celtics. I'll keep praying for my warriors. When you've been a Warriors fan for over 25 years, man, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. So now we have haters. There was a time we didn't even have haters because no one cared. Right? I remember when I first told people I was a Warriors fan, they're like, no one is a Warriors fan. But like I am, and I'm faithful. Let's stick to my team. But that's a story for another time. Uh, I might tweet about it tonight when we win. <laughs> but there's nothing like home. And we, we love home. But this story here is not so much about just a physical address. It's a longing for home. It's a longing to feel whole. It's a longing to feel like you belong. It's a longing that we all have. It's a, it's a universal longing that everyone is pursuing. 
This is why I keep insisting that Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to bring us home. It's something that all of us are craving. All of us, all over the world, I don't care where you come from, you long for home. You long to feel whole at home with yourself. You long to feel at peace. You long to feel happy. You long to feel like you belong and that, and that you are where exactly where you need to be. And that's what this story really is about. Jesus is basically telling, he's retelling the human story in this one story. He's retelling our, all of us stories, if we're paying attention. All of us is the younger brother in this story. All of us. It doesn't matter who you are or where you came from. You have longed for a home. Like, you're the young and restless. Remember, the word young here is not necessarily an age thing. Young is trying to figure things out. Right? And we see that physically with babies and, and, and kids in kindergarten, in, in, in middle school, in high school. But then you see 30-year-olds still trying to figure it out. So this is not an age thing. It's about trying to understand what this thing is all about, what life is all about. Right? You could be, you could be young and restless at 45. You could be young and restless at 65. So this is not a matter of age. It's a matter of perspective. Young symbolizes understanding, if you're taking notes. He goes to a distant land expecting to find a better life. Isn't that the point? Everybody is going to a distant land trying to find a better life. A distant land could just be in your mind. Why do we go on Facebook, find something? I don't know what we're finding, but we go there. Right? We're all going somewhere trying to find a better life. And he is disappointed. Like, Majority of your life could be sometimes very disappointing. And he begins to long for home, just like all of us do. Just want to be whole, just want to feel at peace with ourselves. Isn't it interesting? Every year, they say in the United States, people spend billions of dollars to go back home. Immigrants do it every year, right? Because you want to feel somehow connected again, right? You want to feel like, man, I. I belong, right? Even people who are not immigrants, they're like, I've heard about the motherland, you know? So it's like, I want to go back and try to figure out, like, I want to find my roots. Lately, one of the things that's, been, that's becoming popular is, is the entrusty, uh, uh, you know, finding your entrusty, and, 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 and people are, are digging and digging. Why? Because you're trying to figure out, like, who am I? Right? And why am I here? It's, it's a universal longing. This is not just a, spirit, uh, a Christian thing. It's a human thing. And, I, and, and, it, and it burns me up that we reduce Jesus to a religion because it's not. He's talking about being a human being and, and living life and trying to make sense of things. We all reminisce and feel nostalgic about certain places, right? How many of you guys have reminisced about high school sometimes, right? The good old days, Uncle Rico and us, right? When we were the man, you know. You know? And, then, and then the funny thing is we'll go back to high school, but it's not there anymore, is it? Right? You ever find yourself going back to a reunion, you're like, what am I doing here? Like, I thought I would feel a certain way, but it didn't really connect. Why? Because it's elusive. We think it's a place. It's not a place. Right? Sometimes, how about this, right? It's a song that used to, like, hit home for you, and you listen to it again, you're like, what happened to that feeling I used to, like, that song used to hit home. Right? Why? Because it's fleeting. It's not about the song. Right? Or, or that, that person you used to hang out with, it was like, 
the coolest thing in the world. And now you hang out with them. You're like, what happened? There was like a, they used to be, you know what I mean? This is why tonight people will go places trying to find home. Isn't it interesting? People aren't just going out just to have a good time. They're trying to find something. Right? Clubs will be filled tonight with empty hearts. Trying to feel something. And tomorrow morning, churches will be filled with people with empty hearts. Trying to find something. We're all pursuing it. It's, it's a longing for home that we all have. I don't care who you are and where you're from. It's a, it's a story that Jesus is trying to tell us that, that even though we reminisce, we feel nostalgic, good old days, which so funny. Everybody talks about the good old days, but I don't know when they were. <laughs> but it doesn't fully satisfy. Why? Because it's not about a place. It's not about a place. It's about a condition of our hearts and where we are in life. No real place. Or, to be honest with you, sometimes not even an actual family will ever satisfy the yearning. Now we just saw this video. This is incredible that this woman says, I found a family by going to a block party. Right? So, like, once again, to me, that just re-energizes the mission. That's why we do this stuff, for people to find home. You know what I mean? She's not looking for religion. She's looking to belong. She's looking to, like, feel whole on the inside. Right? Because the reality is this. All of us are the younger brother or sisters. Let's be politically correct. Ladies, but like the younger brother, we are all exiles looking for home. All of us are immigrants in a sense. Every single one of us. Always, you know, Pastor Tim Keller wrote a great book called Prodigal God. It's really helped me with this series. But he said this really powerful. He says, we are always traveling but never arriving. Do you ever wonder why... Everybody's going in a rush. But it's like, we're not going anywhere. Isn't it funny? I see it every weekend when we say amen. People are like, Whoo. It's like, where are we going? Nowhere. We're just always traveling, just never arriving. But if you pay attention, this is the story from the beginning. All the way back to Genesis, this is the same story. Adam and Eve were home. And they felt like, Something was missing. That was home. That was where they belonged. That was where everything was. Everything you want was there in this garden, right? We were meant to live in the garden of God. This is the story of the Bible, that God is trying to bring us back home. That's the whole concept of the entire thing. If you pay attention to every story, it's trying to hint at this. And I can prove it to you. Adam and Eve felt like something is missing, and so they told God, let the younger brother, peace. We're going to find this thing. Right? And then they have kids. Cain and Abel is another illustration of the story. If you pay attention, Jesus was saying, be careful, older brothers. You're like Cain, who hated Abel, didn't even know why he hated Abel. What? What happened to Cain? Bounced. Wandering. Exile. Right? After Cain, what do you see? Once again, the story of exile. Jacob and his brother Esau gets into a fight. Jacob leaves. Another exile. Jacob have kids. These kids become Israel. Israel, exile over and over and over and over and over again. God keeps saying, I'm trying to bring you back home. King David, the greatest king that ever lived, right? Things were going well. Decided to do his own thing. Once again, he's exiled. The king is in exile. A king without a palace. 
That's a great title for a message. Because why? Because we all long for the original home. The Garden of God is where, is where there was home, where, where God's presence was there. There was no decay. There was no disease. There was no sin. God was the father of the house. And, and since then, God is trying to do that. He's trying to bring us back home. We all thought we could do better. All of us. All of us. Isn't it interesting? I'd be reflecting on this so much because I think I'm getting older because I'm reflecting a lot. Memorial Day weekend is such a powerful weekend for me because it was 20 years ago on Memorial Day weekend that Jesus became real to me. It was 20 years ago. So I'm thinking about that this week so much. I was 20 years old. You know, when you're 20 years old, you know, you, you know everything. And you know absolutely nothing. You ever talk to 20-year-olds? They talk to you like they know everything. But the older you is like, you have no idea. But you got to be polite and be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. Good luck. You know? Like, isn't it funny when, when teenagers talk to you like they know everything? Right? They even correct you. <laughs> you know? But, it, but, it, but that's, that's the interesting thing about, about growing. You know, it's, you start to realize things. You start to put two and two together that maybe, you know, I'll be honest with you. I feel like the more I know, the more I don't know. I think this is turning into a philosophical message. Really quick. But we all think we can do better. And we have been wandering like spiritual exiles ever since. Never fully satisfied. Isn't it interesting? The deep down inside of us, again, this is a human story. This is not a religious story. Deep down inside all of us, if we all want to make a difference. All of us want to make some sort of difference in life. All of us want to work hard. And the harder we work sometimes, the more frustrated we become because we think the work is going to produce certain results. Right? And then what happens is we don't fully realize our hopes and dreams. And then we get disappointed. We get angry. We get bitter with life. But if you pay attention, that's really the theme of the Bible. It's our story. All of us trying to come home and trying to do it without God just becomes worse and worse. Right? Robert Frost said this about home. I really love this. He said, um, he said uh, home is where when you have to go there, they have to take you in. <laughs> because that's, that's, in, that's, the, that's the dilemma of the story, right? He's longing for home, but now he's like, but how do I go back? I made a mess of this thing. If you pay attention, people tell you that all the time. Indirectly, people are like, I, I can't go to church. See what I've done? You know? That's why today I felt compelled to tell you you are forgiven. Because you could be here, you could put on a smile, but deep down inside, do you feel home? Do you really feel home? Because I told you, the gospel goal is to break down these barriers of guilt and shame that are not supposed to be there. That's why the father doesn't wait for him to finish his speech. He goes and meets him. The father's making a point like, no, no, no. You don't earn your way home. You are home. You belong home. And this is what we're trying to say. This is why we have to fight hard to keep the gospel the gospel. To tell people, oh, no, you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to talk a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way. Look at the pastor. He's got holes in his jeans. He's trying to be holy. Literally. Like, for real, though, the stuff that we put in front of the barrier of people trying to come home. It's disappointing. It's sad. 
It's, there's families who won't accept their kids home because the kids don't look a certain way. Like how sad is that? There's families who won't talk to each other because somehow they put a barrier there that you can't pass. There's families who won't welcome their kids home because they're dating someone they don't like. Or because they took a job they didn't like. Or because they're making a certain amount of money they didn't like. Because they went to a school that the parents didn't approve of. It's crazy. How this thing becomes a mess. And then, never mind churches, who look at you upside down because you didn't, you know, you wear piercings or because you have tattoos. Like, man, I wish I had tattoos, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just never got around to it. Because <laughs> uh, I had a caveman dad. That wasn't going to happen. But I look at people with tattoos, I'm like, yes, looks so cool. I'm going to live my dream through you. <laughs> You look awesome. You know, so I, this is the stuff that we have to be careful because if God doesn't put obstacles in front of it, why should we? Why should we? The younger son's sin created a barrier. So now the struggle was, how do I pass this? How do I pass my guilt? How do I pass my shame? How do I pass the fact that I don't measure up? This is the reality of sin. Listen, sin has made us broken people. Anyone who denies sin... Is denying humanity. Like, I don't care if you're an atheist. You know you're broken. Anyone who's honest with themselves would say something is wrong. Because you can have the most amount of money in the world and feel like something is wrong. You could be the, you could be poor and feel like something is wrong. You could be religious and still feel like something is wrong. Like sin has made a mess of us. Sin is crazy because. Sin is trying to live without the person that created you. That's why it messes you up. That's why it's so frustrating sometimes to, be, to live with yourself, if you can be honest for a second. Right? And then the worst is, it's not just inside of you. You look around you, it's all around you. All of it, let's be real. We live in a messy world with messy people. Like, you don't have to go anywhere. Again, just scroll through Facebook, you'll see sin. It's sad, the reality that sin is made. And then what the problem is, though, we, we all know something is wrong, but we're all trying to fix it in our own way. Right. All of us. Like I said, tonight, some people are going to go out and have what they call a good time, but then regret it the next day. Because that's what sin will do. Every single time. And we say, I swear, I'll never do it again until again. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Exactly. TGIF. Hashtag TGIF. And so the story here, church, is that Jesus came to bring us home. Such a revelation this week to get this. That Jesus embraced what it means to be fully human in order to bring us home. And the revelation was really this. I didn't, get, I, didn't, I didn't understand this until this week. Maybe you already caught on, but I didn't. I never understood why he came homeless. Now I do. He's making a point. You're never going to feel at home here without me. It's like, wow, even him becoming homeless was a message. You're not home yet. That's why I, I came homeless, to bring you home. My goodness. That's incredible. Hey, 
Here's a man preaching with his life, making a point. I'm not going to take a home here because you're not home yet. But I'm going to fight to bring you home. I'm going to fight with everything I can to break the curse of sin, to break the curse, the curse of rebellion and homelessness. That's why when you see a homeless person, it breaks your heart. But that's the condition of everyone when it comes to spiritually reality. All of us are homeless. And all of us are trying to find home. And Jesus is saying, yeah, that's what I came to do. Acts 2.24 says this about Jesus. I love this. He said, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death cannot keep him in his grip. He had to defeat the stuff that keeps us from home. Sin and death. It's our greatest enemy. Right? We don't like to talk about death. But again, I'm getting older, so I'm reflecting more. I think the more we embrace that reality, the more free we are. I think we don't live free because we're always worried about what could happen. And I think the more we embrace the reality that this is not home yet, the more free we will become. C.S. Lewis said something really powerful. He says, the more heaven-minded you become, the more earthly conscious you will live. I've been thinking a lot about this, church. There's too much fear in the church. Too much fear. That's not God's will. I think our next series is going to be simply titled, God Wants You to Be Happy. You want to mess religious people up? That's a title that's going to mess a lot of people up. What do you mean God wants you to be happy? I don't know. Who came up with that concept? Humans? You see how we live? I think God wants you to be happy. I don't know about you, but just saying that makes me happy. Yeah. Try it. God wants you to be, tell your neighbor, God wants you to be happy. Just try it. Doesn't that feel good? We're having Tony Robbins tonight. Let's say we're just, we're just having a good time tonight. But he came to, to break the stuff that holds you back. Like, it's unacceptable, I think, for God's people to always be grumpy. Right. Not a lot of amens there. So that tells me, this is the message we're going to preach. God wants you to be happy. What a great message for the summertime. If he gives you summer, I think he wants you to be happy. Like I was driving today praying. I'm looking at people. I was getting happy for them. I saw people on their boats. I saw people grilling. I saw kids in the playground. I said, God wants us to be happy. I wanted to get out of my car and be like, God wants you to be happy. And be another nut job. Like, who is that guy? Like... Okay, buddy. Like, I'm serious. Like, we talk about all the other stuff but that. God wants to end the world. Let's talk about that. No, I think God wants to begin. He's trying to bring healing to the world. He's trying to bring peace to the world. He's trying to bring joy to the world. And that's why, how do I know this? Because the story ends with a party. Why would it end with a party if he doesn't want you to be happy? Shouldn't he be ending with a mass? <laughs> did, you, did you get that? You get, shouldn't he be ending like something boring? Right, because that's the idea of God in some people's mind. Like it ends with a party. He's like, let's throw a party. He's home. Like that's, is that the idea of God that we have? Like he wants to celebrate. And we're like, is that okay? He's God. He's put on a party. 
And the Bible ends with a party. That's the other thing. I read it again today. Go home and read it. The last chapter in the Bible, if you haven't read the Bible, just read the last chapter. That's all you need. That's <laughs> all you need. You know some people that just read the back of a book? Read it. <laughs> you ever done that? You read a, you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but the whole thing ends with a party. And that's what Jesus is saying. Like, I'm trying to bring us home. And we're going to have a party. But in the meantime, there's pockets of heaven here. That's right. Like, today was a pocket of heaven. Like, this... This weather right here, California is heaven all year long. But for us, this is it. Like, we just got a piece of heaven today. Like, that should bring a smile to our faces, you know. But look what, how the Bible ends. Like, look, look at this. Look, he says this. He says, those who have been, no, not, not this. Yeah, 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 this one. This one. This one. <laughs> it's not the end, but we'll, we'll read this one first. It's freestyle today. Um, so, <laughs> Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. How awesome is that? Right? Now, Jerusalem is a city of God. And the Bible says that there's a new Jerusalem coming. The presence of God will be there. Right? And this is where Revelation goes. You can go to the next one. Go to Revelation now. Look. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. See the word home again? He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. Then he said to me, write this down for I tell you, this is trustworthy and true. That's the whole thing trying to bring us back home. Let me give you another cool nugget in scriptures. In the beginning was the garden. In the garden was two trees, the knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life. Well, you go to Revelation, he also ends between two trees. But this time, the only tree there is the tree of life. Like God's making a point. The whole Bible is a, is a garden to a garden. God is trying to bring us home to where he is. Okay. Now, of course, when I say all that, you're like, yeah, but what about now? Well, now is not the culmination of all things yet. Now is the pockets of home. So tomorrow, when you see people getting baptized, that's Jesus saying, look, I told you I'm making all things new. I'm taking one person at a time, and I'm transforming them. Okay. Because we have small perspective. We see New Bedford. He sees the world. Don't you know that tomorrow we'll baptize 19 people, but there's thousands being baptized all over the world. And God is saying, look, see, I told you, I'm making all things new. Right? So if you just do this, you won't see the fullness of what God is trying to do. Once in a while, you got to lift up your eyes and see what he's doing. When he said I'm making all things new, he's making all things new. 20 years ago, he got a hold of me. He started a new thing in me. And it's going to continue until we get home, like fully home. Right now, we'll get pockets of home. But let me talk about home because I think it's important. Listen, here's a terrible theology. People like, we're going to all go to heaven and float in the air. That's not true. Okay. Let, me, let me just break some terrible misconceptions of heaven. The other misconception of heaven is, wait, it's, a, it's going to be a, a worship service forever. That's terrible. Would you want to be in a worship service forever? I love to preach, but I don't want to be in church forever. I want to live. 
So get this. Jesus is saying this is actually home. He said heaven and earth will become one. Okay, so, so if you can just maybe grasp this for a little bit, but home is where you sing, home is where you laugh, home is where you dance, home is where you eat. Like, all of that is what home is and more. Okay, the Bible even says, no eyes have seen, no ears have heard what the Lord has in store. But he's saying, listen, everything that you're doing now, you just be able to do it better without that thing called sin that holds you back. Okay, so it's not, you know, because I remember I was a kid, I would hear people, preachers like, we're going to worship forever. It's like, that's boring. That's, that can't be it. <laughs> I love our worship team, but man, can you imagine singing forever? They wouldn't want to do that. They would hate God by day, day five. No, worship is a lifestyle, people. That's right. This is what we have to understand. That's right. We always equate worship with singing. No, worship, everything that you do, again, I got to do this series on being happy. Everything that you do that brings you joy and happiness is worship. That's what worship is, is you living your best life now. That's worship. So Jesus is saying, like, I'm making a perfect home again. And, and it's so cool to talk about this on Celebration Weekend because that's the point. That's the point, right? And so think about your life. Think about how Jesus has come into your life and begin to do all things new, right? Don't look at life just from a sin standpoint because you look at life from a sin standpoint, you will always be miserable. You got to look at life from a redemption standpoint. That's why I love this thing about I was. I was, but now I am, okay? That's the key. It's to zero in on who he's making you, not who you used to be. Right? The Bible says the, only one person accuses you, it's not God. He said the enemy is the accuser. So when he says, yeah, that was, you're like, yeah, I was, but now I'm sliding over here. Right? And I say that, you don't believe me. I can see it in your faces. Because we rather listen to our past as opposed to embrace where God is trying to take us. you got to speak life into your life sometimes to say, no, I'm not that person anymore. I'm him who, who God has made me. He's making all things new. I may not be there yet, but I'm on my way to where he was trying to take me. And if you don't embrace that, then you will always be in this weird, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I end up doing, I don't want to do. A wretched man that I am. Who will save me from this body of death? Jesus will. He says, now there's no more accommodation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Church, this is what we need. I, I, I've been really wrestling with this a lot, that we need to break the mold of religion so we can actually embrace the freedom that we have in Christ. Because you talk to believers sometimes, you're like, we're not believing. We're pretending to believe. We're singing, but we're not worshiping. We're serving, but we're not joyful. We're giving, but we're not receiving. It's not acceptable. For God's people to live that way. We're supposed to be the people who are free. Because, because how else are they going to know that there's a God? If all they're seeing is, 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 is chaos around us. Like she said, it was all chaos. I love her testimony. So real, so powerful. Only God can orchestrate that stuff. Right? Only God orchestrated the stuff in your life for you to have this, whatever you have today. Only God can do that stuff. Only God can take a 20-year-old and, and transform him to the point of doing this. Like, in a million years, I can never dream of doing this. This is all God's plan to make all things new. You are who you are by the grace of God. Right? Now, you're always going to have a tension 
of not fully being home, but that's okay. Embrace that tension. That tension is powerful because that's the tension that will keep you from settling. Embrace that tension. Yeah, I'm not home yet, but I'm on my way. If you embrace that, then you won't make this home. This is why people get disappointed. They get disappointed because life has not cracked up to be what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. So you embrace that tension. And then you make the most of it because now you have perspective. That, yeah, I'm going to get pockets of this thing. But the fullness of it, oh, man, it's going to be a party. But in the meantime, here's my time. You guys can come up. In the meantime, look, see, don't you want a worship service to end? <laughs> you, you don't want to go all day, right? But in the meantime, in the meantime, he's doing some really powerful things in you. If you pay attention, please do. Don't just come to church. Pay attention to what he's doing. Pay attention. He's doing some things in your life. He's, shaped, he's shaping you. He's molding you. He's trying to reveal things to you. He's trying to release you, the real you. The sin you is the bootlegged version you. Don't settle for the Payless version of you. If you go to Payless, I apologize. You ever seen the Jordans from Payless? It's Jordan when he was playing for Washington Wizards, he couldn't dunk anymore. Slay up. <laughs> See, that's all y'all going to remember tonight. Mr. Jordan from Payless. Would you stand with me? I want to pray. I want to pray for you tonight. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.